Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and through the internet deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and today I'm bringing to you the final part, part four of the uh, worship series entitled uh, <clears throat> Fresh Start. And today's message is specifically entitled Salvation in the House, based off of Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. So let us dive into the Word today. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and had become very rich. He had tried to get a look at Jesus but was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said. Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and Jesus took uh, and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them four, ba four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Amen. A bold act of inclusion changed the life of Zacchaeus, the tax collector, as well as the whole community. How many lives can we transform if we really devote, devote ourselves to inclusion? A fresh start requires being open to Jesus' invitation to us as well as to those who are not valued in our community, the outcasts or the marginalized. I have been watching the show Friday Night Lights as of recently, which is a great drama centered on football, but is not all solely about football. Really, it is about life. In the show, there's this one kid, Landry, who is your stereotypical geek or nerd. It is obvious he has ne pro never had a girlfriend, or probably at least never had a girlfriend. And so he desperately wants to be seen as cool, especially by his friend, Matt Saracen. Uh, and especially when his friend, Matt Saracen, gets the QB1 position, meaning he's now the starting quarterback and becoming more and more popular. And of course, despite that, nobody still really notices Landry, and if they do, they think he's a joke. Without giving too much away, there's this girl named Tyra who he has a major crush on. Yet she won't even look at him, let alone talk to him. He's just that annoying geek or nerd who absolutely has no chance with her. Even after circumstances such as having to tutor her, bring them closer together, and she secretly comes to really like him, there's no way she'll be seen with him in any sort of romantic sense because of the reputation she has and the image she wants to keep. Peer pressure can certainly cause people to do the wrong thing, even when it is against what their heart really wants or desires. Landry wants nothing more than to have a fresh start from his nerdy reputation, but not even joining the football team seems to help much in that regard. And Tyra, well, she won't really give him, at least not up to where I am in the show, a fresh start either. In our culture, 
and even congregations, there are various groups of people who, like tax collectors, have a reputation for doing injustices to the community. Sometimes the church has this reputation in the broader world, too. Who would our community resist, or your community, resist giving a fresh start to? Even within one church or community, if there is division along particular issues or lines, this question might be answered differently depending on who is being asked. First, let me say it was a bold act for Jesus to call on Zacchaeus and choose him as host. <clears throat> In the ancient world, you had a who who you had a meal with meant something. Uh, I know, you know, in today's time, people cook three dinners for three different people because nobody likes the same thing. But but you go into other countries, um, you know, if you go into somebody's house and you don't like something in America, they'll probably cook you something else. But you go into another country and they're serving you food. That is the greatest act of hospitality anybody could do is to prepare food for you because it's a life-sustaining act. And to turn food down because you don't like it or it looks weird to you is actually really insulting to the host. And in the ancient world, that is exactly what would have been the case. It would have been insulting to the host, um, you know, to, to, to turn away food, you know. And so Jesus, Jesus asking this guy to serve him food was like an honor for Zacchaeus. He, like he didn't deserve it as far as he saw. You know, he's just an unworthy tax collector. Who's this Jesus to give him such an honor? And certainly the people around listening to Jesus do this and watching him do this, they grumbled too. Like, who is this Jesus giving this guy, this, this notorious sinner, a chance to have that honor? But Jesus didn't, you know, give in to community pressure not to engage Zacchaeus and outcast for good reason. Now, tax collectors were collecting taxes against their own people, the Jews, for the Roman Empire. What's more, they were collecting more than what was owed to Rome in order to make a profit off of it. So they were paid employees. They were already getting paid to do their job. So it's not like they weren't getting paid. They were paid employees who were stealing more by raising the taxes that were actually owed. Again, even though Zacchaeus was Jewish by birth, his job as a tax collector led to his rejection by the community because tax collectors worked for the ruling Roman Empire, and so they were seen as cheaters and betrayers and traitors. But as a chief tax collector, as the chief tax collector, Zacchaeus was seen as an even worse offender. <clears throat> so, yeah... The community is upset at Jesus' actions, and they grumbled, as it says in verse 7. Next, the encounter with Jesus changes Zacchaeus. It not only offers him new life or salvation, but a restored relationship in the community. You know, perhaps more accurately, restored relationship is a part of what salvation is. A restored relationship with God. A, store, a restored relationship with our neighbors. In seeing Zacchaeus as more than just a tax collector, but as a son of Abraham like the rest of the community, Jesus sees him as a human being with worth in God's eyes. This interaction leads to accountability and Zacchaeus' repentance followed up with his seeking out justice. 
not only Zacchaeus, but the, also the community is restored through these acts of reconciliation. A fresh start with Jesus has an impact on many. Finally, Jesus says that he came to seek out and save the lost, verse 10. In the case of Zacchaeus, that was someone who was seen as a bully or traitor in the community. Often, Christians are comfortable with the idea that Jesus saves the lost who belong to certain categories. For example, the poor, the homeless, those who are addicted to drugs, those who are suffering from you know, mental illness or something like that. But this passage challenges us to see and understand the lost as including even those who have sinned against us who have harmed our communities, or who we consider enemies. Now, this radical inclusion of the lost or the sinner is not the same thing as accepting or condoning the harm they've committed, but it does mean extending hospitality, seeing them as people, as opening the door for repentance, justice, and reconciliation. Jesus invites us into a fresh start. That will change us and that will ultimately, or that ultimately at least can restore the communities to which we belong. Now I want to remind you that Jesus offers all people relationship right where they are. Do you hear Jesus' invitation in your own life? Are you willing to trust that Jesus invites others too, even others that you might not have invited? I want to invite you all to consider who you would not invite to your dinner table. How can you begin to interact with those you might see as unworthy of a fresh start? For example, maybe a neighbor, a family member, or even a politician. Jesus offers a fresh start to everyone today. As the body of Christ, how will we be used to invite others to see the fresh start God has in store for them. For instance, as a church, how can we show people that we are a community that offers God's fresh start to, to all people? Where in the community do we need to be to do that? We could take time out of our day to help out at our thrift shop if our church has one or at our local soup kitchen, but those are obvious ministries. We could also give people rides who are otherwise unable to come to worship with us. We could visit or call people who are in need of a company or a friendly voice. We could show up at town hall meetings and advocate for the least of these in our community. There are so many different ways for people to know who we are. So make this a challenge for yourselves. Really consider it and be bold. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we again thank you for this message of hope and of, of uh, you know, assurance, but also of challenge, because you're challenging us, Lord, to step up and to really put our money where our mouths are, to really embrace you and all that you stand for, which means also showing your love to all people, including those we would otherwise not invite to the table. So help us, Lord, to be a people who promote unity, which is not the same as uniformity. Help us to be a people who promote unity and promote growth in coming to know and praise and worship you. 
and all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, friends, thank you for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to have you here, and I hope you uh, got something out of it. I certainly do. Every time I uh, I, I do these, I, I get something out of it, and I hope you are learning along with me. Um, you know, uh, as always, I want you to look at our episode notes uh, down there. You'll see uh, some links, including links to give to, uh, to to my church. If you are able to do that, and this is kind of a a ministry you get a lot out of and, and you want to support our ministry, that would really help. Again, I don't charge for the podcast because that's the good news and you don't charge for the good news, uh, in my opinion. But uh, but at the same time, uh, our church could use, use support just like all churches could. So if you can, great. If you have another church you're supporting, please support them. And if you can support us both, heck, we'll both be very appreciative of that. So uh, remember, friends, you are richly blessed. So be a blessing to others. Go in peace.